Phillips on the first pitch a high drive into right center and this ball is gone. That is a four run first inning. On the run back is Bader and this ball is up and out of here. Six one Brewers. Second two outs in the inning and a ground ball and VR's got it and this is going to do it. The season is over. It is a Brewers win. Dropped it back in deep. Cole stepped to play that one. The ex-blue saw himself rammed to the board. Meanwhile, in front, score, and it's Shen. A beautiful pass in front, and Shen is able to stash it home, and this game is tied. Three quarters of a minute for the Penguins to kill. Helmetless is Rust. Ducked out of the way as it came to Pareko. He scores! Pareko with a ripper! A power play goal, and it's 2-1. to one. You're going to say that a lot this year, Doc. Colton Pareko with a ripper. Sabotka dropped it off. Petrangelo with it there to the slot. Score! Petrangelo with a wonderful wrist shot that has broken the tie. It is 3-2 Blues, a four-against-four goal. Latang drifting back on defense. Led across now to Sabotka. Sabotka with a man going down. Fed it on back, and Stasny scores! And it is four to two Blues. Tang again, across for Malkin, save, rebound, score! It's Theron to Dumoulin, sent back along to Rust. Rust handed it over, McKegg across, score! Back in comes Petrangelo, toe drag, and a shot, score! Off of Matt Murray, and into the net, and the Blues have won in overtime. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of In Season Sports, the podcast. You heard there the last game of the season for the Cardinals, which they lost to the Brewers 6-1. to So they are done now. They've been done since Sunday, obviously. Um, and then you heard the highlights from the Blues game, which they won last night. <laughs> Go Blues! Before we get started, though... Go Blues! This is a milestone episode. This is episode number 10. <laughs> We've made it to number 10. All right. So, so let's start with the Blues. What did you like last night, Mike? I liked the way <laughs> they was shooting the puck, and they was keeping it in the Penguins' um, zone. zone. I mean, you know, last year, compared to last year, it was one shot and done. Mm-hmm. Last night's game was uh, three or four shots. Mm-hmm. And then they was moving the puck good. I thought they moved the puck really well, and they moved the puck quickly. Mm-hmm. They moved the puck fast. I like that the defenseman got in on the scoring a little bit. You heard yeah. there, Petrangelo had two goals. Um, right. Uh, that's not, I lost his name now. But, she, no, Shin scored two, and yeah, Stastny, Pareko, that's, Pareko. Pareko had a goal as well. So, three goals from the defenseman. Right. And they liked a lot of that last year, too. Right. So Yeah, I was really... You know, they was talking about, I watched it before, and they was talking. Nobody mentioned the Blues until after, like, the second period intermission. Yeah. They started talking, and I forget who it was, and it says, well, nobody's talked about the Blues, of how they're going to do this. They're looking good. Yeah, they looked good I last mean, night. Shin chipped in for a goal. Stastny had a goal. Schwartz had an assist or two assists. Yeah. 
Uh, one thing I would like to see more of is shots on goal for Tarasenko. And it's right. the first game of the year against the Penguins. They're going to play pretty good defense. Yeah. He only had one shot on goal, but that's something they can improve on. But if you can win, if you can score five goals and Tarasenko only gets one shot, Right. You're something, right? And you're not and you don't have your don't best have players. Everybody. Right. Bone and your, Berglund are still right. out. You don't have your best players and you're doing that good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't read too much into the first game. I mean we lost a face offs, right? No, we, we won we won thirty to eighteen. We lost face offs. Thirty eighteen we lost face offs. Um, you know, you give up mm-hmm. we give up four. That that's a lot. You know, yes, you score five and win the game, but you give up four. Not often are you going to win games giving up four goals. So that's got to be some of some concern, I would think. I think, though, what I take away from that game is they went in to the defending champion's house to open the game on the night where they revealed their banner from last year, and they still got a lot of the same guys. Best guy, in the, best player in the game, arguably, is Sidney Crosby. They're they're going to put up. Goals on you. I mean, they're going to score. You know, I've heard, I've heard of teams trying to do that. To but other teams, you know, yeah, celebrate on the field, maybe on the pitcher's mound or something. Yeah. Like that. But anyway, it could be. The, they went in there in that <laughs> hostile environment, and the crowd was going, and it had like that playoff atmosphere, and they got the job done against a really good team. So, yeah, they uh, wasn't very happy with the Blues. I guess uh, I didn't see it, but according to the Pittsburgh Penguins announcers. That was announcing the game last night. No, that was NBCSN. Yeah, but Penguins. they was Pittsburgh <laughs> announced. I'll give you that, because they didn't sound very excited no. when the shot the overtime no. winner. But anyway, they wasn't very happy with the Blues coming out right before the banner got to the top of the... They was whining and crying about that. So what? Big <laughs> yeah. poopy dude. <laughs> yeah, big deal. I thought another thing... The Blues showed last night was a lot of patience. There's two things that come to mind. Well, three, actually. Both of Petrangelo's goals and then Pareko's as well. They, Pareko talked about this offseason. That's something he needed to work on. They had a scrum on the boards to the right of the goalie. And Pareko thought about going in there and getting in the scrum, but he decided to wait, stay on the opposite side of the ice, and when the puck came out, came right to him and he had a goal. The other two, Petrangelo's, his first goal, I think he was really patient. He waited out and let things kind of happen. Right. He let he skated to the middle of the ice and let things open up and then slid it in there. And his overtime winner with a little toe drag and just waiting long enough like to get it over the goalie's there. shoulder. Yep. So I thought they showed a lot of they good things good. last night. They look good. <laughs> yeah, they got some things to work on too. But. Oh, yeah. It's, like I said, it's early. <laughs> Opening game is the seventh. A win is a win is a win. That's, that's right. right. I would rather start the season like that and than I would. Five is five is five. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. All right. So, like we did mention, and like you heard there, the Cardinal season is officially over. So now we can talk about what we thought. Yeah, you don't have to celebrating thought. on the mound. And so, stuff. You, you what thoughts on the season <laughs> overall? We just had too many injuries and didn't have the right pitching and... It was a lot of things. It was a lot of things. It was a lot of things, and it's just not one thing. It was just a lot of things. Um, I think by the beginning of the year, they started 3-9. and nine. Uh, If it wasn't one thing, it was the other. So if they were pitching, they weren't scoring. If they were scoring, they weren't pitching. If they were doing both of those, they weren't playing good defense. They never could put it together. I thought, like you said, there were some injuries to guys like Fowler. didn't help. 
They didn't have any like massive injuries where a guy went out for most of the season. I think there were a lot of guys who didn't show up, and there were some younger guys that came up and impressed a little bit. But in the end, it wasn't enough. <coughs> the front office didn't do anything at the trade deadline to help the team. Could they have went and got a bat? Wah, maybe, wah, wah. Yeah, maybe some bullpen help and made them four games better? Probably, but they didn't. They didn't show enough at the trade deadline for the team to do anything, I guess. But I think if we look back, if, if we don't retain our pitchers, we're going to look back at that trade deadline and think, <clears throat> why didn't we get something? Right. You mean Lynn? Yeah. If we don't retain Lynn, why, if we didn't intend to retain Lynn to start with, and we don't know yet, we're not in the front office, but it, it appears like they're just willing to let him walk. If they were willing to let him walk, why not trade him for something in July and get some value out of him? Right now, he is, he is zero value to you right now. Right. He was worth somebody in July. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand that. Right. You can't trade him now because he's a free agent. But like you said, the reason you don't trade him is because you think you still have a chance. Well, in that case, they should have went and got some other help. Right. If they they didn't trade him, so they may, that's what we thought. They were know? saying one thing and doing another right. in <clears throat> July. But they did what they did if you weren't going to get anybody else for help and you weren't going to make the postseason anyway, which you knew you weren't with that team at the trade deadline. If you didn't make any changes, there was a very slim chance you were going to make the postseason. Why not get something for them, like you said? Now they either pay them $100 million over five years and block someone down the road, or they let them walk. See, I don't think they want to, I don't think they want to sign up. I don't think I think they're it. interested in two years and let some of these young guns they think they've got come up, but they're two years away. The starting pitching... And we'll get into that a little bit. It's going to have to come from the trade market if they improve there. I don't think there's any free agents, especially not that they're going to sign for two years. So, let's talk about some of the surprises. And we'll go through individually, and we have quite a few of them. More disappointments than surprises, obviously. But number one surprise is the obvious Tommy Pham. He didn't make the team out of spring training, and he shouldn't have because he didn't play well. And he's got the eye problems, and we all know that. Well, he finally got the eye problems figured out, and he had... One of the best seasons in a Cardinal uniform in recent history. He had the coveted 300, 400, 500 slash line. He hit 23 home runs and stole 25 bases. He drove in 70-some-odd runs. And lost a bet to Molina. Yeah, and he... 60-to-one-odd. And he played really good defense. Probably should have been the center fielder. But what do you think of his season, Mike? Um, well, I think he did good. I mean, he had some problems. and I think he had an attitude problem, but... That, yeah. But... I think his attitude, now looking back, I think his attitude was just that to try to get his teammates yeah. going. And you need some, you need a player like that. Mm-hmm. But a mouth off. That player has to play good, too. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah but, if that player's Greg Garcia, no one really cares. But right. since it's Tommy Pham, it's, right. it's a big deal. Well, when Tommy Pham talks about the... Guys leaving people on base, and then the next game he leaves six standing. Right, right. You, you know, you got to back up. Put up your shut up, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. Right. Another surprise that no one thought was going to make a difference this year and didn't make the team out of spring training, and again for good reason. I don't think even in the front office they thought he was going to make an appearance in the big leagues this year. It was Paul DeYoung? After we watched the Wedmes Diaz for way too long, they brought up Paul DeYoung and put him at shortstop. And next to Diaz, Paul DeYoung looks like a gold glover <laughs> at shortstop, but he played good defense. Nah, he, and he had hit some, 20, he had some problem. 25? 23, 24, 25 home 25. runs. 25. 25 home runs. I think he led the team with... 20, yeah, yeah, you're right. He led the team 25. with 25 home runs, yeah. So he 
He solidified the defense up the middle. If you look at when he came up, the defense got a lot better, just from him being at shortstop. Right, and then uh, and he's, he's just an he's an average, maybe slightly below average defender at shortstop. Mm-hmm. He just looks really good next to Diaz. Yeah, he like I said, his defense, his, his batting, but I mean, you're looking at he didn't come up until what May. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He had yeah. If he would have come up the first of the season, and they worked with him a little more, and maybe. No, who would say that he might have had 30 or whatever? Right. He had 13 in the minor leagues, right? Yeah, yeah. something like that. If he would have, I think this year maybe, if he would have came up earlier, maybe he wasn't ready, though. Maybe he needed those 13 in the minor leagues. Yeah. But who's I mean, to say? Like you said, he might. Huh? When did he come up? May or June. May or June. There's something. He didn't 70 start. something games, or 70 games is around yeah, the end of the season. But, so, April, May, June. Yeah. Anyway. If I think next year I don't expect him to hit 30 because he's here for the whole year because he strikes out too much. Right. Pitchers I mean, are going to learn how to pitch him. but Well, that's everybody. I mean, you yeah. learn how to pitch him. And yeah. and that was like most of the Cardinals. And yep. they swung at the low balls that they had to learn. So another one, Luke Weaver, who was expected to make an appearance this year, but maybe not have the impact that he did. He won his first seven starts. He lost his last two. I think he was worn down by his last two starts. He threw a lot of innings this year. 165, maybe. Um, for him, that's a lot. All right. But he was really impressive for his first seven games this year that he won. I really liked what I saw at him, and I think he he might have guaranteed him spot, as himself a spot in the rotation for next year. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, he you know, they asked him to step up, and he stepped up. Another guy who put himself in the mix for next year, he didn't guarantee himself a spot by no means, was Jose Martinez. He hit uh, right around 15 home runs. He hit over 300. His on-base percentage was really good. He played a better first base than Carpenter did once they finally moved him to first from the outfield. Um, He had a better... He he had led the team in home runs in spring training. So he was with the team the whole year, but I think, again, he's another guy who had more of an impact than expected. So I think Jose Martinez was another good surprise for the team. Right. I mean, and, too, if he played more, he's going to... I think you're looking at the starting first baseman next year, Jose. Yep. I'm, I'm believing so, too. and Just I don't see how he gets the hits, the way he swings, and how awkward they are. And when he yeah. runs, he looks like a... Trotting horse. And if you were six seven, you throw that yeah, too. Yeah. No. Hits a hit's a hit, Mike. But he I mean, he really sparked the team too. I mean Yeah. And uh to round out our surprises and I think it gets a guy that gets overlooked a lot when talking about this, Tyler Lyons had a really good year out of the bullpen. He was one of the most effective relievers in baseball this year. He he saved a lot of games that I thought, Well, we're we're done, we're gonna but it, I mean he just What about the jerk? I wouldn't call him a surprise. He's you don't think he's going from a bench player to playing every day at third base? He played every day for the second half of the season last year at 30 home runs. Did he? I expected him to be around 20 home runs. Okay. Surprise and disappointments are solely based on expectations, so it I, just depends on what you expected. I didn't expect the Jericho to play that good of a third base. That's a surprise. I think his defense at third base was a surprise, <clears throat> yeah. I'll give you that, because I didn't expect him to have 15 defensive runs saved at third. But his offense is yeah, it's, about uh, where I expected it. Getting back to Lions, I think... We wouldn't have been where we was. No way. We wouldn't have been close. Nope. I think and, I think when you put lines lines to me is is 
It's so easy to determine. In two pitches, you know whether Tyler's going to be in there or not. Now, he didn't have any of those games this year. In two pitches, <laughs> you know if his breaking ball's working, he's a nasty son of a gun. He's right. the nastiest guy you're ever going to face. If it's not, it's spinning up there for batting practice. And he didn't have many of those games at no, all. No. no, he didn't, but he had a couple. But I think as a manager, everybody's gonna have a couple. if you look at that and you say, okay, he ain't got it, let's get somebody else in here right now, his ERA be, would be just lights out. Yeah, but a, you, who are you going to go to out of this pen? Yeah. Even yeah. if Lyons is not his yeah. best, he's still better than most of the guys we had in this pen. I know you're a Cecil fan. So to disappointments, uh, we'll kind of go from the beginning of the season towards the end. Johnny Peralta, who everybody's <laughs> forgot about by now, was supposed to be your third baseman. Huh? Yeah, he had to be designated for assignment and released from the team because he played so bad. There's a $6 million mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he paid for himself in the first two years of his contract, though. Yeah, I mean, he did get away. When you signed him, he, you saw this coming at the end, or you should have. Sure, you did. But then you get, then, like I said, the injury bug. Well, yeah. He was and then he was done after that. I mean, another guy who failed from the beginning of the year was Alenmus Diaz. We talked about that a little bit with Paul DeYoung. I think Diaz played in 72, 3, 4 games, and 3 or 4 of those came in the end of September. So, And he was supposed to be your shortstop all season, supposed to hit 20 home runs and be an all-star like he was last year. That that really... Well, they, uh, like most of them, they figured him out, and he to wasn't. Me, and... To me, he lost his plate discipline big time. Last mm-hmm. year, he was never off balance, and he wouldn't swing out of the strike zone. And this year, he swung at everything. Breaking balls in the dirt, pitches he spit on last year, he was swinging at this year. I think maybe he was trying to do too much and just never regrouped from it. And his defense wasn't good enough to warrant him a spot in the lineup when he's only hitting no. 200 and getting on base at a 280 clip. And this year you didn't have major league pitchers thinking they were just going to throw a fastball past the rookie either. Well, I don't think it was so much that last, last year either. Some too. Because he, it, it didn't matter what pitches they were throwing him if he's swinging stuff in the dirt that he wasn't last year. I don't think it was so much pitchers making adjustments to him this year as it was him losing what he was doing last year because he he just lost his plate discipline. Stephen Piscotty was another one, and you can point to a few different things on him. His mom, I think that would yeah, affect I anybody. Think, yeah, I think if, diagnosed with ALS, right? whatever it was. And I think after that, it, it and, just went, I mean, he started out good, but then, uh, then after she got diagnosed with that, it was just, I think his mind was on that, which... You know, I don't blame him. Right. I think, uh, and he tried to mess with his swing this off season. That was a mistake. He just had a, a really bad year. No matter right. what you want to point out for it, he was bad. Yeah. Um, I, that may cost him next season, too. And thanks to his contract, he still has some trade value. So. Right. Um, another guy who the Cardinals signed this, off, this last offseason, Dexter Fowler. Had a really good offensive year and met and exceeded expectations on offense. But his defense was abysmal in center field. He can't go back on a baseball. He can't throw anybody out. That's a conversation they're going to have to have with him next year about playing center field. Um, another guy they signed last offseason, Brett Cecil. Um, I don't remember exactly the numbers on what guys hit him, but it was over 350 average from each side of the plate. His ERA was only under 4 at 3.88 because he had that decent stretch in June. 
when he was throwing in non high leverage situations. But it. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with. From he wasn't worth. He wasn't. He wasn't worth what the Cardinals no signing for. No. He pitched himself out of big spots. I mean, right. Matheny thought he was going to be a guy he could count on in the beginning of the year was putting him in high leverage situations, which probably cost us a few games. Did cost us a few games, mm. and he he eventually had to just stay away from Cecil. Um, and getting back to Fowler, I just you know you could say yeah he did get you know the injury bug there too, and yeah he, he just lost his. And I don't think it affected his defense. No, so much, no, though. no, it wasn't because of the defense. I, I'm talking about the injuries for his batting. Yeah. But, yeah, the defense is, he needs to get quicker or mm-hmm. play, play another spot in the outfield. Another guy who I thought a lot of people had expectations, pretty high expectations for this year and was supposed to be your starting right fielder was Randall Gritchett, and he essentially had the same year he did last year. He started out slow. He had to be sit down to AAA a couple times. When he finally came back up, he hit really well. And then Matheny buried him on the bench behind Stephen Piscotty, who was going out there not doing anything. And he lost it again, and he ended up with 20 home runs. But he has enough power to be a 30 home run guy. So I think the expectations there were a lot higher, too. Yeah, well, that shows right there that he had it. And then Matheny put him on the bench. Well, somebody like that that has it, I think I will be putting him out there (laughs) every day. Yeah. And Piscotty not having it. Because of the problems, like I said again, because you know I'm not blaming that, but when somebody's hot, keep putting him out there because a hot player, if you sit them, they're hot, and then all of a sudden, okay, we're going to give you a break, not a break. I'd say maybe a day, right? Not four days in a row. Then expect him to come out and win a game for you. Hit the ball again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't. So that's not Mm -hmm. to me. That's not Grishich's fault. I think that's Matheny's. I blame that on him. I think his uh, his uh, digression after coming back up and being hot is someone on Matheny for not playing him. Yeah. He has to get at bats. And then this really speaks to, for a guy with 12 wins, 12-11 record, a 3.64 ERA, uh, 217 strikeouts, 201 innings pitched. To call him a disappointment really speaks to the kind of pitcher he could be, and that's uh, Carlos Martinez. I expected him to come out this year and be in the Cy Young talks with guys like Chris Sale and, well, in the American League, but in the, the discussion with those guys, Chris Sale and Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer yeah. and Zach Greinke, those kind of guys, but he just wasn't. He was a really good number two starter, but he wasn't that Cy Young number one guy because I think he just loses focus sometimes. Or he doesn't come out from the get-go focused on every yeah, pitch. Yeah, that's what I've seen. If he comes out from the get-go, he's unstoppable. Yeah. And if his wife would leave his colored hair alone, <laughs> he might do better too. But yeah. that's not yeah. meant, that don't mean he's not... Yeah, we know it doesn't mean to do his hair. <laughs> that don't change anything, but still. Yeah. Yeah, if he keeps... Doesn't make him look stupid sometimes. <laughs> and I think he gets down on himself and tries to overthrow. Mm-hmm. And that's where he gets in trouble. If he just relax and pitch your game like you're capable of pitching, then you're good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he loses focus too much. And he didn't show up in those two last starts against the Cubs where you really needed him. Right. And I thought that was another lack of focus thing. For 2018, 
obviously the Cardinals need a bat. I've got some guys who I think are potential targets for the free agency or trade, and the first one is the one everybody wants, Giancarlo Stanton. He's 28, he's under control for at least through 2020, that's when he has a player option. His slash line this year, 281, 376, 631. He had an OPS plus of 165. He had a 7.6 war. In 597 at-bats for Stanton, he had 59 home runs and 132 RBIs. He averaged a home run every 10.1 at-bats. What do you think about Stanton, Mike? Yeah, I think he's too high-priced. I mean, we'd have to give up. I mean, yes, we need a big bat. We need pitching. We need a bullpen. Mm-hmm. And I think we would give up too much just to get just to get him. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to win us games. Just because he's that, yeah, he's that good. Yeah. But that's not going to win us games because you need a bat plus you need the pitching, and you can't get that <laughs> if you get him. I think you're right. That's a good point. J.D. Martinez is another guy who's a free agent. Uh, he'll be 30 next year for most of the season, I think until October or September. He'll be 30. This year, he has a slash line of 303, 376, 690, an OPS plus of 166, and a war of 4.1. In just 432 at-bats, he hit 45 home runs and had 104 RBIs. He actually averaged more home runs per at-bat than Stanton at 9.6 at-bats between every home run. This guy, I really like because you're going to have to sign him to a backloaded contract probably for five years, $120 million probably, but it's still going to be cheaper than Stanton. You're not going to have to give up any prospects for him because he's a free agent. And he's actually been more productive than Stanton, just he didn't get the at-bats that Stanton did. But is he running playoffs right now? Yep. So, you know, it's really, I mean, it's according to what they do in the playoffs. He, may want he might want more. Yeah, that's true. You know. He's going to be expensive, but he won't be he, as expensive right, as Stanton. Right, right. And he's been more productive. A mm-hmm. uh, guy on the trade block that the Cardinals have expressed interest in, and I think they did a little bit at the trade deadline too, but obviously not enough, who actually plays the best defense out of these four guys, is Josh Donaldson. He's He'll be 32 next season. He'll still have one year on his contract. Uh, his slash line is 273, 85, 559. He has an OPS plus of 144 and a 4.8 war. In 415 at-bats, he had 33 home runs and 78 RBIs. Uh, 12.6 at-bats per home run. I think that's another guy. Uh, part of the reason I think you can go get J.D. Martinez and be more beneficial than Stanton is because you sign J.D. Martinez, then you go trade for a guy like Donaldson. So then you have two bats in the middle of your order right. that are going to hit you 35-plus home runs and drive in 100. And Donaldson play really solid defense at third base. And it doesn't cost you, still doesn't cost you as much as it would Stanton because Stanton, you're going to pay him a bunch of money and you're going to give up prospects. So yeah. you're going to end up out more money and right. out more prospects to get Stanton than you would to get Martinez and Donaldson, in my mind. Now what I've heard, we're really pushing and trying to get Donaldson. Yeah, I, I would I mean, like I've it. I've heard that. The one thing that we have to give up is prospects mm-hmm. and and outfielders. I wouldn't call some of the guys on the big club prospects. I mean, but well, well, right. We have we have guys on the big club. We've got trading material. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as opposed to go out and and just try to buy somebody on the you know free agency market, that's just cash. Right. 
Now, now, yeah, the Cardinals have plenty of that too, but it's willing to, whether they're willing to give up it or not. Right. Well, I think giving up cash maybe. As much as the Cardinals don't like to spend money, I think they don't like to spend prospects more than they don't like to spend money. But I think if you do, they, they need to do both to be a World Series type team next year, rather than oh, just yeah. competing for a playoff spot again. Uh, the final guy who is reportedly going to opt out of his contract is Justin Upton. He's got a 273-361-540 slash line, OPS plus of 135, a 5.6 war, and in 557 at-bats, 35 home runs, and 109 RBIs. He's going to be, he might be more expensive than Martinez, or he might be right around him. It probably depends one on the other. So whoever signs first is going to get, is going to set the bar. They're going to be right around the same. For the production, maybe you go get Martinez, but there may be less interest in one guy than the other, so maybe a little less competition for him. But he's just another guy I think you could throw in there because he's that type of big bat, middle league order guy. Another need is the bullpen. We all know how bad that was this year. Nicasio solidified it there at the end. He's a free agent. He'll be 31 next year. This year he had a war of two, a 2.61 ERA, six saves, and in 76 games he threw 72 and a third innings and struck out 72. I don't think he's going to cost you a whole bunch. No, but that'd be a dang good closer. He's coming back. I would, I would. I mean, he wants to come back. We want him back. It'll happen. I hope. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to cost you much. We, money we've got to so. have him back because Rosenthal's gone. Yeah. You know, rumor has it Nicasio's told his agent, "I want to pitch in St. Louis." Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think we're going to make that happen. And another guy who I think they could go get along with Nicasio and Jamie Martinez and still afford them all is uh, Addison Reed. He's going to cost a little bit more than Nicasio because he's more of a closer type. This year, he had a 2.84 ERA, 19 saves, and in 77 games, he pitched 76 innings and struck out 76. He'll be 29 next year, and he's also a free agent. So, I think if you went and got him, you re-signed Nicasio, like you said, that's very possible to happen. Those are your eighth and ninth inning guys. Now you've got you're looking at Nicasio and Reed closing out games. You've got right. Tyler Lyons in there, maybe a seventh inning guy. Matt Bowman still available. Yeah. Alex yeah, Reyes is going to be in the bullpen. Maybe John Gant or Jack Flaherty mixed in there. If you can go get those two guys, you're looking at a pretty solid bullpen. All right. And of course, Brett Cecil's still there too. Wow. He can eat some innings in games you know you're not not going to win anyway. Now, the starting pitcher is where it gets a little tricky because we talked about it. You don't want to sign a guy to five years and block some of your younger guys. So, like a Lynn, an Arietta, a Darvish are probably out. The And I don't know too many guys on a trade block that are a good starting pitcher they're looking for. One guy that comes to mind for me is Marcus Stroman of the Blue Jays. Uh, he'll be 26, turning 27 next season. I think if you did get him, it would cost you some more prospects, obviously, from the Blue Jays package. Him and Donaldson together for a really good package from the Cardinals. Uh, is it worth it? I think they could win next year with those two. Stroman this year had a war of six. He was 13-9 and with a 3.09 ERA. In 33 starts, he threw 201 innings and struck out 164. If you put him right behind Martinez and right in front of Weaver, that's a pretty good one, two, three, right off the bat, so... I don't know if that's. I don't know if he's even available. I don't know if that's right. possible. But he's just a guy I look at because, like the Donaldson, you maybe put them together with the Blue Jays who aren't going to compete next year. Anyway, 
And the Cardinals had their annual postseason press conference um, where they announced that Derek Lilliquist, the pitching coach, bullpen coach, Blaze Ilsley will not be back next year. Uh, really, the bullpen coach and the pitching coach normally go together because they're kind of the like a package deal. All right. Um, Lilliquist apparently wasn't into all the analytics and stuff and wouldn't use the ones that the Cardinals wanted him to use. If you read between the lines, the Cardinals had the third best ERA starting pitching, only beat by the Dodgers and the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Now, the Cardinals came out and said, Lilliquist, yeah, like you said, he wasn't into analytics. That means that they had all these numbers up here, and Lily said, I know what I'm doing. If you read between the lines, and they ask Matheny, and they talk to Matheny, and he's all about to, yeah, we're going to do this, and yeah, we're going to do that. I think this is a like a, a firing a warning shot over Matheny's head. Right. Is what I think. I don't, I don't see that way so much because Matheny's still, even if he sucks next year, they're not going to fire Matheny's contract for the third year. What I think, rather than, because they can't fire Matheny, uh, what's, like, the biggest shortcoming Matheny Oh, they has? could fire him. What's yeah. the big... They're not going to, is what I'm saying. Okay, but I'm saying they're just firing a warning shot, telling him... We do what's the we biggest problem that Matheny has? Uh, it's with the pitching staff. Pitching right? staff, yeah. Not having a quick enough hook on starters, bullpen pitchers, and that. And keeping your starters or whatever right. in too yeah. long. Yeah, that. And what I think is Mo and Gersh are going to go look for a pitching coach who can help Matheny make those in-game decisions. Because uh, Jim Langosh was talking about it today, the MLB.com reporter for the Cardinals. There wasn't a lot of communication between Mike Matheny and Derek Lilliquist during the games. Uh, Lily was a really good guy for mechanics, uh, helped you learn how to throw pitches, that kind of thing. But he wasn't really the in-game guy that Matheny really needs help from. So I think maybe they're going to go look for a guy to help Matheny. Because at this point, after six years, they know Matheny's probably not going to get better in that right. aspect. He's the guy they want for the job, though. So what do you do? You go get you a pitching coach that can help them with that. That'll help them make saying, those hey, decisions. When I tell you make to do this, yeah, you right. go out and do it. Right. Someone that can be that kind of guy. Another thing, they really sounded like they only think they need one bat. We kind of touched on that. We really think they would need two to be a uh, World Series contender. One will get them to the postseason, most likely. Mo also said the only set position for next year was catcher. So that means there'll be a lot of turnover next year probably and the only guy with a guaranteed spot next year is Yadier Molina. Which I can see because if you look around the horn there's not a lot of guys who you're just going to guarantee to come back. Now Mo might have said that but I was here the other day and who was it Scott that said I was listening to it the, it was the 101 we was listening to mm-hmm. uh, who was it that said that all our positions players are pretty well well Bill DeWitt Jr. Yes. Yeah, he talked about that on the Barney show. Here's his exact quote. We'll make every effort to improve our club offensively. I don't think we have a lot to do there, to be honest. We love an impact bat. We're going to try to get one, but if you go around the lineup, we're pretty solid at most positions. That worries me. Yeah, <laughs> that's saying that they're not going to do anything. That tells me that they have their limit, 
And if right. it's going to cost them a penny over that or a prospect over that, they're not, not going to do it. You got to get uncomfortable this off season, or you're yeah. going to have the same season you did yep. this year. I don't think they like the to before. do that though. And the year before. The year before. I mean, you're so, not going to. That worries me about this off season. So I don't think it's going to be as busy or as great as maybe we were hoping. I, I still hope it is, but yeah. that worries me. Those comments from him. So we could be done with the Cardinals, and this will probably be the last time we talk a lot about them, unless they do something this off season, right? Make other moves, or we hear anything else from them. But what we do have going on with baseball is the postseason, which is still fun, even though the Cardinals aren't in it. It's not as fun, but you don't have to worry about your team getting beat. You can just enjoy it for what it is. The wild card games were fairly entertaining. I mean, but what you could hope for as a baseball well, fan. The first one was. I mean, the first one got. A little bad at the end, but the beginning of yeah, it was pretty the entertaining. Beginning, I mean, when you so the Yankees, an hour. yeah, it took a long <laughs> time. The Yankees won that game eight to four over the Twins, and then Arizona beat Colorado eleven to eight last night. The starters, the four starters combined from both of those games, combined for seven and a third innings pitched. That tells you how important the bullpen is in the postseason. Right. The also in the Arizona Colorado game, Arizona bullpen pitcher Archie Bradley became the only bullpen pitcher ever to triple in a postseason game I think was the thing I saw right yeah he was drove uh, in two runs four. on a triple yeah yeah and then come yeah. out and give up two home runs yeah that was a really entertaining game it was back and oh, forth yeah, and the Rockies came back and got in it Daniel Descalzo hit a home run the ex-cardinal yeah. the ex-cardinal yeah they said that and uh yeah it was back and forth and then it seemed like when the Rockies scored, Diamondbacks would just come back the next inning yeah. and score two more runs. or yep. You know, they would get run behind, and then Diamondbacks would get two more, then Rockies would come back, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was just a suck fest at the last. <laughs> yeah. I think the second wild card may be one of the best decisions the Major League Baseball's ever ever made because it's good for the fans because if we went for the second wild card the Cardinals fans wouldn't even have thought they had a chance right. Brewers fans the same way right uh, I think it's good for the fans it's good for the teams it's good for the players it's good for TV it's good when for the game it. it's a win 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 I mean it's good for TV ratings yeah. because right. you're not going to watch the games at the end of the season the Cardinals if they're seven games out of the wild card right, right. playing the way they were but that is all we have for today's show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at InSeasonSTL. I'm at CanyonClark1. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, you can go to the iTunes store and subscribe. We're there. Uh, if you're listening to this via the iTunes, we're on SoundCloud as well. We always share our stuff on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page, In Season Sports. Uh, we're going to do this again next week, so be sure to tune in. Thanks for listening. I want you to know it's over.